welcome, 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 welcome back for another episode of Who Do You Like Here? Live from the Who Do You Like Here? studio. It's another episode. It's level three. We're going in level three today. I got Joey C-Note. I've got the kid. And we are here going, bringing it back strong this week, folks. Don't forget to check us out. Our live picks every day, every weekend at Twitter at Who Do You Like Here? Check us out. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Instagram. Check us out on Justin's private TikTok channel <laughs> that he hasn't. <laughs> Check out my OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> Exclusive feed uh, pics. There will be no leashes. <laughs> One week closer to Derby time. What's up, fellas? How are we? Doing well. Doing well. It's good. It was good. A good last week. Lots of uh, action going on. I, I hope everybody did go to the the Twitter feed at least and got some of those picks because over the last two weeks are like over I think we've posted over $1,800 in total wins so I think that's pretty good pretty good upstanding little stat right there yeah big tickets uh, all the time pretty much daily you know we're sitting here being degenerates betting every single day but um, yeah you're following you're, you're winning money yeah Wednesdays Thursdays Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you're going to see action on the on the social media. Handles. Sometimes Monday, sometimes, sometimes Monday. If I, sometimes I feel like Wednesday. betting parks. <laughs> was there sometimes a, I'm wood buying Mahoney Valley? Was, it, was there a yesterday morning? Did I see a Wednesday morning yesterday? Was it probably? Yeah. Oh, there was plenty of action <laughs> yesterday. If you follow the Twitter, there's a lot of a lot of wins too. Yeah, yep. I hit. I think I hit six out of eight uh, winners at Keeneland yesterday. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. I was more perturbed about the racetrack closing in Canada today. Yeah, Woodbine. Hey, what's, what's going on? Well, welcome back, listeners. We're excited to be back. We're one week closer to our favorite time of the year, Kentucky Derby. Yes. yes. Uh, we're excited about it. On the Rocket Docket today, we're going to recap the three big races last week, the Wood, the Santa Anita, the Bluegrass. We're going to go back to Joey C-Note and hit through the uh, Action Academy again. Had some good feedback on that today. We're talking about some basic exotic bets. Then the kid's going to talk us through Jockey Talk, some updates throughout the race lands. And then we're going to take out take a look at Keeneland. We're going to get to Oaklawn. We're going to handicap some of the races, um, including the Lexington and the Arkansas Derbies. Yeah. Two last prep races. This is it. Does he either make the Derby cut or you don't. I like it. I like it. I know I'm excited. All I want to talk about is uh, Plechakta. That's all I want to talk about is Pletch the man because I, you know, was disappointed with him last week and then I, <sighs> I didn't hit any of that action. But we'll get we'll, we'll build up to that. Let's start the Santa Anita. Let's talk about some of the crazy action that happened there, boys. What do you see? Yeah, I think uh, we were pretty much on par with where the race was going to unfold. Um, if you kind of listen to what we said last week, we said really, well, I said two really jockeys that are at Santa Anita that are pretty much on fire all the time, which was Flavian Pratt, which was my pick. He still owns Santa Anita, still has that crown. But the other jockey who ended up winning the race, uh, Umberto Rispoli, uh, he he couldn't have ran this race any better. He, he pretty much blew away the field, and you could see how excited he was too afterwards. I mean, it was a big race for him. I would have liked it better if he took third. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Personally. I bet you, I bet you would. Yeah. So would I, yeah. actually. Yeah, the uh, I will say that the, the the best part about that race right there is that he he just ran a solid race, was rated the horse perfectly throughout the race. Medina Spirit, the favorite, comes in second. No surprise he was going to hit the board, but it was everything was a surprise he was going to win the race. But Rocky World and and you're right, kid, and Borto Rospoli with a fantastic mount was really good. Yeah, he always gives Flavian a ride for his money. You know, run yeah. his money every time. So solid. You really can't go wrong with betting him in that race. Well, the crazy part is looking after the race. Everyone was all over. The seven. Yep. Right? Sure. Baffert, Velasquez, more than a half million dollars 
on that horse in this race. Yeah, easily. Uh, I think we we all talked about it that that's what uh, everybody expected was yep. going to happen. So, yeah, so selfish for, selfishly for me, I uh, <laughs> went against my own rules. Went and dial box it out. I didn't. I bet straights, and I bet the old uh, three seven two for a twenty dollar seven three two right two seven. Three. Oh, two. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Two, I bet seven, two, seven, three. Two, seven, three. Yeah. We went yeah. with Flavian. And it came in yeah. three, seven, two. Yeah. So close. Go All figure. the way around it. When a dot box it out. If I box it out, yeah, it's a $120 bet, but it's a nice right. little payday. Well, I think that's key that you, you give the three you like, you bet it straight, and then it, all the yeah. listeners can go ahead and take your, 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 what you got for straight and just box it. And they can spend the extra 10 that's bucks in box. You keep going in the hole. <laughs> I'll keep, I'll, I'll keep picking the top three horses. I don't know which order they're going to come in. Um, so that was a fun race. You know, the bluegrass, the bluegrass was the same way. Such, yeah, such a quality going to town. Yeah, such quality fit well. We talked about that as well. Kind of made sense that this horse was going to go ahead and win the race. Highly motivated, needed the points. What a battle! I almost assumed that at that at that stretch run that maybe you know the partners for such a quality would have maybe have like pulled back and maybe not exerted as much for the horse. They want to go into this Kentucky Derby undefeated, and they want to make sure that they're. They're setting an example of who the favorite's going to be. And there's no doubt right now who the favorite's going to be. It's going to be of such a quality. Yeah, for sure. This race, I even though I cashed on this race, you cashed on this race, mm-hmm. I almost didn't want to cash because I wanted Joey Stats here to cash because that was brutal for a $20 straight try. I was pulling for that three to hold. I, I didn't even care about my bet. I don't even care if we lost. I lose all the time. I don't care. But <laughs> that right there would have made my weekend. Yeah, I could take an L if you got a $20 <laughs> try straight. Yeah. Well, this, I mean, so when I looked at it, obviously all the money was on the four. So they finished at one to two. There was $600,000 put on the horse to win. Right. So I'm trying to bet against them. And I, re- I really liked the three here. I, I really thought I had a shot. And, and just to have it get clipped by the head down yeah. the stretch, like, I thought Javier had him uh, at the 16th pole. I really thought so he was going to hold him off. And I didn't think, like I said, I didn't think they want to exert the four that much going into the Derby in the Agreed. last prep race. And yeah. I thought, you know, second's still going to get you in the Derby. They didn't really need the point. They were already going to be in. They wanted to set an example. And, you know, you got you to credit Luis Saez, who's having an unbelievable meet. I mean, we talked too. I mean, $20 straight. And mind <laughs> you, when you say $20 straight, he literally picked three horses, first, second, and third. Nothing else. No, no. No, no backing fillers, it up. No backing up. Straight box at twenty dollars. Right. You get that bet times forty because it pays for fifty cents. He's looking at probably six or seven hundred bucks for the try if that three holds on. For sure. So, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, buddy. Yeah, it is what it is. When in doubt, box it out. You know how it'll go next week. Yep. I'll box all of Pletch's horses together. Chalk and not make any. Joe, I, I I love you. I think it, stats. I think it was a great a great bet. But uh, man. man. You are one pathetic loser. <laughs> no offense. Man, you are one pathetic loser. Uh, the guy that says box it out every time a bet's twenty dollars straight, know. I'm gonna throw that a little bit back on you. Just a little bit. Got to box it out, a kid. That's okay. Out. You know what? We we mix it up. It's just money. Like I said, you know, we when we get to the Derby and we have a 20, 20 horse field, it'll be you know, give me all of them. All of them. Bo- all with all with all, <laughs> and we'll, we'll clean we'll clean out my uh, my trading account and just just put it there. You should profit from that, yeah. <laughs> but on the bright side too, with those two races, I mean, we talked about it. We said who we liked, and we were on par with every. We had them both had, covered, you know, solid so cover. It was across the board, probably our best handicapping uh, as a as a trio that for we the prep for a while Absolutely. for the prep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, we were all over it. It was nice. This is one we weren't all over. Yeah, this was this was <laughs> if, not the one. If anybody was all over it, God bless you, good for you. 
Uh, the Wood Memorial. I had nothing here. Um, that's a 72 to 1 on top in Bourbonic. Yeah. Followed by a 15 to 1. <laughs> right. Followed by a 5 to 2. Or yes. the Plechzacta. Plechzacta. When, you, when your favorites don't hit the board, and we did say that Prevalence was going to get a lot of money, I didn't like Prevalence. I don't think I, I was off the board on them. I figured cut them out. I just couldn't get away from risk taking the number four with IRAD. Thought I was going to get a better showing. Uh, just didn't really work out in that favor. But I'm going to tell you right now that Kendrick Kermush had an absolute fantastic ride, and I thought it was just absolutely sensational the way I, I was kind of watching the five the whole time. I'm watching Dynamic One, I'm watching him. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess the five's going to win. The three was coming. I watched a lot of horse races. I didn't think the three was going to catch him. But that gear he kicked in that last 16th of a mile to win that race. And Kedrick Carmouche, the reaction oh, after that it. race, Just the pump it. and the excitement he has. He's been racing in New York, and you know he's been racing for a long time. I like seeing a jockey that's put in a lot of work, mm-hmm. has made a name for himself in New York to get his opportunity to go to the Kentucky Derby. It's just sensational. I'll rip up my I'll rip up my tickets for a seventy two to one shot with yep. a guy oh, like yeah. Carmouche all day long winning that race. Yeah, in the locker room, I'm sure anybody in there will say that Carmouche is one of the most stand up guys out there. Absolutely. You know, he's he's a very positive guy and if he's got the horse, he'll he'll make it a race every time. Especially if he's got speed behind him. That's kind of his niche. Um but yeah, what a what a ride. He can rate. Yeah. Like if he has a horse that can go to the front, he knows how to rate him on front. Yep. If he has a horse stalking, he knows how to rate him. He just knows and he, he just knows how to time it. Yep. And he knows that track very, very, very well. And it was just a perfect ride. So when I rewatched it, I was having flashbacks to Rocky Four. <laughs> All right. You know the scene where Drago's just sitting there? He's taking shots, and then you hear his corner guy like, and then he just unleashes hell. Like (laughs) He just sat there back-pocketed the whole way and then just dropped the hammer, and and I don't know. It was crazy. I loved his reaction. I love watching Pletch coming through, and his his post-game was, you know, was was pretty funny, actually. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he's a character. He is. Hell of a fucking trainer. That's great. Some of the other fun facts on this one. A 10-cent super. $2,100. $2,100. Yeah. If, if, you get, if you have a three on top with anything, God bless I you. salute. I God salute. bless you. Buy a yeah. Powerball ticket. Yeah. It's got to be either uh, it's your home address. I live at uh, 3528 <laughs> South Ames Boulevard. Something of that nature, or it's the last four of your social. I don't know what it is, but if you bet that number for 10 cents and got you know almost $2,100 back, $2,072, yeah. that's amazing. I said it too, uh, just talking before this, you know, I. I got burned in the last one at the Gotham with the longest shot on the board. I should have just taken this goddamn 72 to one <laughs> shot and just throw him in first. And he just, whatever, just in case, you know, so I don't get burnt. And I just made the same mistake twice. The crazy thing. I would have had to try. I, I may have done I that, had to try. but my wife actually bet the three. Mm. So she had an angle. It's a name angle that she went with with that, obviously. Oh yeah. Uh, so it, she so she went for it and she bet it and she got the show money, which was eleven forty, because that's what she bets for show. <laughs> I had that three for fourth in all my supers. Just oh so you know. yeah, uh, that makes sense. And then, and then he goes out and wins. Yeah. You know, wins it all. I should have thrown. She led you right down the toilet bowl. Yeah, she, well, she did for that one. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty exciting. You know, I, I love looking at this other stuff too. The six. Everyone was all over the six. And then the announcer, uh, we were like, I was watching uh, Saturday Day of the Races, and this guy was just destroying the six. I think it's Andy Sterling. Man, yeah, just destroying him. Like, I don't know what people like about him. <laughs> and and I, it had me had me curious. So after the race, I looked down and I said, $207,000 $207, placed on this horse and never flashed anything. I, uh, I follow Andy Sterling on Twitter, and he is a 
fucking savage on Twitter. <laughs> Dude, I, he doesn't was, give a shit. No, does not give a shit at all. <sighs> he was talking about the Gonzaga Baylor game, right? Just watching the game. And he said, I hate how commenters, you know, they go and say, you know, oh, they should feel real good about being down 10. He's like, why would you feel good about being down 10, right? So then somebody somebody tweets at him and says, uh, you know, basically whatever, you don't know basketball, like they should they should feel better because of the trying that they're doing or whatever. And Andy Sterling looked at his account, saw that he had seven followers, retweeted it and said, anybody want to be his eighth follower? <laughs> <For everyone. laughs> Just shit all over. Savage. So dude does not give a I'm shit watch about him again on anything. <laughs> On Saturday, I'm going to watch him again. I don't like him. Funny dude. Yeah, he does not have a filter. <clears throat> I will say that he, he is very convicted to what he believes in every race. If he likes something, he's going to tell you. If he doesn't like it, he's going to tell you that, too. And he'll live and die by it. So I commend maybe, it, too. Maybe that'll be one we, you know, maybe a game we can play later in the season <laughs> is to pick a commentator and we just bet whatever they say and see what happens. He's not bad. He knows what he's talking about. And like you said, I mean, he's very, if he's convicted on one thing, he's going to do it and he's going to yeah, support it. He stands by convictions but, all day long. Yeah. And I, I can I can respect someone who does that because you can you can go outside your your lanes a few times and take some chances sometimes it wins sometimes it loses as long as you can take the feedback when you lose and this he is he is just has thick skin he yeah. doesn't give a shit <laughs> no fuck skin yeah. good for him so i thought it was a pretty exciting day i think we had some fun and uh, we were all over the races obviously we didn't hit the 72 to 1 but yeah. nobody else did yeah, so that's okay uh pretty exciting <laughs> leads us into the, man we got a lot of stuff coming up this weekend uh we're going to take it over to Cino. we're going to hit him with another action academy talking through some basic exotics joey c all right, so last week we talked about win, place, and show wagering. So we talked uh, how we bet win, place, and show, what that means, kind of what the odds pay out. Today we're going to be talking about exotic wagers, and exotics are a totally different totally different aspect, and it's a totally separate pool. Like we talked about last week, there's separate pools here, but the exotics, uh, you're always picking more than one horse in your exotics uh, on your ticket for a single race. The most common of the exotics is going to be the exacta. And that means what that kind of translates to is your, your first two horses that come across the finish line in a race. Now, this can be wagered either in a straight option or a box option. And I'm going to go through both to make sure everybody understands it. So an exacta bet straight requires you to pick the exact order of finish of whoever finishes first and whoever finishes second in a specific race. For example, you decide to play an exacta, the two and the five. You, you love the two and you think the five is going to come in second. So you'll bet a two five exacta. So that wager, we're saying the two's going to win and the five's going to come in second. Any other outcome in that race, you lose that wager. So it's a, it's more difficult than just win, place, and show. There are no other back options. Now, when you play an exacta straight, it has to come in that exact order, two and five. Now, there's going to be some times where you just really can't decide who's going to win the race. God, I really like the two and I really like the three or the two and the five or the two, the five and the three. Maybe there's three horses you can't break down who's going to win because they're so good. In that instance, we're going to do a, what's called an exacta box. And that gives you every combination of the horses that you wager on. So let me give you an example on that. An exacta box would be, let's say you can't decide between the one, the three and the eight, just for three numbers. You do an exact box wager, the one, three, and eight box together. This means that you have, in the final order, can finish one, three, one, eight, three, one, three, eight, eight, one, eight, three. So boxing gives you more combinations in your bet. However, it's going to increase your cost for your wager as well. So if you add four horses, five horses, it keeps increasing that bet. And we've talked about ROI. We always like talking about ROI. It's minimal investment for a higher return, and that's what you're looking for. Anybody can go to a a window or go on a site and bet, 
you know, $60. But if you're only winning $30 back, you're losing money. So you got to try to like control what your initial wagers are. So what we wager on and in, in many of these races are exact to pools. They pay higher, obviously, than win, place, and show because you're adding the complexity of picking two finishers in a race. And I, I strongly suggest that, that everybody, listeners, exact is where the money's at because your win, place, and show is great. And, and you can do that all day long and you can make a little bit of money. You can make higher wagers on those and make money and make a considerable amount of money. But when you're when you're adding these exotics in, in first and second, that's when you can get some really true paydays. And that's why we talk about looking for value on horses that are, you know, longer odds. Now, to complicate everything I just said, there's also a bet called a trifecta. And that's going to be basically translates the same way an exacta does. But now we're talking about the first three finishers. So try meaning three. Uh, that's the first three horses across the finish line. You could do that straight. You could do that boxed. Then you have superfectas. Now we're really throwing a wrench into things here. That's the first four horses in a race. The only upside to a superfecta is that they start at 10 cents usually. So it's a lower cost than a dollar or $2 per wager, like you will get in exactas and tries. Tries are 50 cents, by the way. But what's nice about the Superfecta is that you can you can get six horses in a combination if you can if you feel real strongly about your first three positions or the first two positions. A lot of times the kid and I will will basically put the one on top, the two has to come in second, and then we'll pick four or five to come in third and fourth. So it gives you some 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 reach and some spreading going on here. But listen, exotics are where it's at. Exotics are where you're gonna get better payoffs. And just like the wind place and show pools, you can see what that exacta is gonna pay. Uh, anytime you want. There's exact uh, pool wagering that you can look on any of the sites, Twin Spires, uh, any other ones that you use, your comfortable TVG, whatever you go through. You're going to see those payouts and you'll know exactly what your investment is going to return if it does come in. So stick with the win place and show if you're a beginner, get comfortable with it. But if you start realizing that you're picking horses that are coming one and two across the finish line every race, start spreading out to exactas. And if you get comfortable with that, start reaching out to trifectas and getting the first three. That's where you're going to get paid. Two dollar wager can pay you thousands of dollars. We just talked about, you know, a ten cent super fact. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yep. A little quick course. Yeah, it's quick overview of what exotics mean, and a lot of horse betters are going to bet the exotics. I'm going to tell you that a lot of the old school guys still bet win, place, and show. A lot of people love those. A lot of people love those horizontal bets. I like vertical bets, too. Is horizontal, horizontal bets are great. Vertical bets are in the race. Horizontals are over a period of races. We'll talk about that at another time, like pick threes, pick fours, and pick fives, but exactas and tries, you can make some money. I will say I like uh, I like the exactas a lot, especially if I'm trying to get a price somewhere, like you said. Um, if I'm really in love with, let's say, the two horse, and I there's no way this horse can lose, but the betting public says the same exact thing. Right. You know, it's always nice that you have the option to go and say, okay, if I bet it to win, it's not going to pay anything. But if I bet an exacta, I might get a price behind it and somehow cash maybe a $25 ticket. Yeah. And you know, so that's, that's a great point. You that's kind of why I like it. A $3 win bet on a horse doesn't get you much, but if you tag it with a some value horse of 8, 12, 15 to 1 behind it for the second position, you can get a $15 exacta. Yep. So you're still investing $2 to win maybe three 15 or 30 bucks or somewhere in that region versus betting $2 win $4 yep. or $3.80. So that's where you start adding some money. Yeah. I think too, it gives you the ability to be more creative, right? <clears throat> one of the races we're going to look at today, somebody's already a one-to-one, right? Yeah. That's a, the first race that we're going to take a look at at Keelan. Somebody's already one-to-one and yeah, you can, you can bet it and do what you want, but exact as in these tries gives you the ability to be more creative and see if you can hit something behind it. Especially if you, if you handicap them as the absolute chalk, you have two options. Either, Bet that they're not going to win, 
or stick horses behind it to try to make some money out of it. Yeah, I, I love the fact that you could take a, a favorite. There's been a lot of good trifectas and exactas that that pay out decent with the favorite on top. If yep. you can't get away from a horse, if the favorite you just look and just say, I just can't see this horse losing, the win play show wagering is not where you want to go. No, stick it in the exact on top. Put that horse on top with a couple behind it in the exacta for the second yep. spot, or do that for the try. You're, I've seen good payouts with favorites on top. So have I. Yep. I right, we, we've we've cashed on them before, kid. Where you get an eight to five on top with a fifteen to one for second and a ten for show, and you're cashing a forty fifty dollar trifecta. Yeah, it actually happens more times than you think. You know, it's not always chalk 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 that comes across the finish line. You know, you'll get the favorite to win because that is the best horse, but then sometimes you get a guy out of left field that'll be a fifteen to one shot. You know, totally. and he comes in and it pays, you look at the try and it pays 18 bucks. You're yeah. like, oh, cool. Almost like when a 15 to one comes in minus <laughs> 72 to one. Wow. Pletch hits the board. Joey Cino, always educational. Thank you. Great segment again today. We're going to kick it back over to the kid. The kid's going to take us through uh jockey talk. New segment. Yeah, this is uh this is something a little bit different. I wanted to add something for the betting public and the, our listeners to really give you another edge because, you know, we should, we will throw you a lot of different information. And if you're not really familiar with the jockey world or the horse world, you don't know kind of what you're betting. So you know how to bet now a little bit. I want to give you a little bit of substance to kind of know what you're betting. So I I decided to go on the route of just giving you the top 10 jockeys that are out there right now based off of their earnings. Um, If you go on Equibase, if you have some free time and you're bored, you can also go and look at these all you want, take a look, play around with it. Um, but you'll get a pretty decent list of jockeys where if you bet any of these jockeys at any track that they're at, you're probably sitting pretty because these guys always hit the board and they're always on the big races. So I just want to go one through 10 real quick. Um, I'll give you the jockey, what place they're in, and then I'll give you just as a little bit of a tidbit information, their top three percentage, meaning how many times they hit the board, what percentage that is. So first on the list here, uh, Joel Rosario. Big jockey. If you watched racing last week, if you followed us, you know that he had a huge weekend, but this guy races all over. Um, number one in terms of earnings, he's at about $6 million just over. Is that career? Uh, just for 2021. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crazy, right? Just 2021. Yeah, this is all 2021 stats. Um, so he's sitting at just over $6 million, actually $6.5 million, and he hits the board 54% of the time. Joel Rosario. So, <clears throat> so he's number one. Now, I think Joel should have been number two, but based off of earnings, he sits number one because he takes the bigger mounts. Irad Ortiz, you'll hear his name a lot in this podcast. He's sitting at number two because he's at $6.2 million. So just because he doesn't have all those races that jo- Joel raced overseas in Dubai. You know, those are huge races, so um, Irad did not. So he's still racing yeah. in the States. So it's just different mounts, so that that's kind of just a... A caveat. Yeah, this, this is a correlation to just wins. Right. This is hitting the board because you know they also get paid for place money, show money, even fourth place. So yep. this adds this adds all that value in there. Exactly. Um, so just to throw out a stat for you, Irad Ortiz has 132 wins. Joel Rosario has 42, mm. and, he, and Joel's sitting in first. So that just kind of shows the discrepancy. Irad, in my opinion, is the best jockey out there right now. Doesn't matter. He's proven it year after year, but he sits two in earnings. Um, but he's hitting the board 59% of the time. Uh, number three on the board, Flavian Pratt, Santa Anita racer. I told you this multiple times, king of racing in Santa Anita in California. Uh, he's sitting at just 4.6 earnings, and he's hitting the board 65% of the times. 
Uh, Luis Saez also had a big weekend last weekend. It's killing Keeneland right now. He's destroying Keeneland right it's just, now. That's, his, that's where he's most comfortable. Yeah. I mean, he gets out to the speed, too. He's such an aggressive rider, too, which is crazy. But yeah. um, he's sitting in the fourth spot. He's hitting the board 48% of the time, so not, nothing to shy away from there. Number five, Florent Giroux, Flojo. He's sitting fifth. He's at three, uh, excuse me, $4.3 million for the year. And he's giving a 53% hitting the board. Kendrick Carmouche, who just had a huge weekend on that 74 to one shot, uh, just to rub it in a little bit more <laughs> on a Todd, Todd you know Butcher what? horse. You know what, though? I mean, whenever I hear his name, I immediately think Bohemian Rhapsody. Of course. Everybody does. <laughs> Everybody does. How do you not? So, what do we have so far? We've got an Adam Sandler reference with uh, La Paru. La Paru. La Paru. La Paru. We've got Caramouche, Caramouche. <laughs> there was another one. I can't remember. I mean, we're going to have so many. Uh, there is another one. There is another one. <laughs> there is another one. Oh, what is the other one? Oh, it'll it'll, it'll, come, it'll <laughs> come. It'll come back. It'll come. It's probably I'll in the top 10. I'll just shout it out probably in the top 10. Just interject at any time. <laughs> so Kendrick Carmouche sitting at the sixth spot. He's hitting the board 57% of the time. My boy, Eric Cancel, he's sitting number seven. I'm whoop, telling whoop, you. Whoop, whoop, whoop. He's in, just for the record, he's only 24 years old. I think he's yeah. going to turn 25. Promise you, you're going to be seeing bigger numbers from him as time goes on. Um, I said it in Twitter, get to know the name. He's going to be in your exact as your tries. He's going to be your big horse, uh, horse winner coming up soon. And it was, it was him and who was he going toe to toe with for jockey of the year? At, Carmouche, uh, right? Was, or no, was it Carmouche? For the riding title. Yeah, riding title. It's for the riding title. The riding title. Yep. Kendrick Carmouche was yep. leading and then Eric Hansel snatched mm-hmm. it from yep. Kendrick on the last, the last day. day. Yeah. Yep. So obviously he's sitting sixth and seventh right there, but uh, he's sitting there in earnings. He's hitting the board 55% of the time. Ricardo Santana Jr., you'll see him a lot as well. Um, he's doing a lot of Oakland right now, but he's hitting the board 52% of the time. He's sitting in the eighth spot. When him and Steve Asmussen link up. Yeah, that's a that's it, the combo. It's it's deadly, you know, and, and this is all stuff that you'll learn the more you follow, the more you listen, but um, 52% of the time hitting the board. And then Manny Franco, uh, if you watched racing last year, You'll see that he had his name in obviously a lot of the accolades because of the caliber horse that he was on. It didn't work out for him, but um, you know that's neither here nor there. But he's sitting in the nine spot and he's hitting the board fifty three percent of the time. And then Jose Ortiz, um, he's sitting in the ten spot. He's over three million earnings. He's hitting the board forty seven percent of the time. I will like you to note that in New York, Jose Ortiz he rides a little bit different. So if you saw that in Gulfstream, he maybe wasn't there. Um, New York racing, he's a whole different jockey. He I loves think, it. I, t- I could totally agree with that. That he, that that the meet that just finished up the championship meet over at Gulfstream, Jose's a good rider, but for some reason he gets to New York and he's just a more dominant rider. He he can rate better. I don't know if it's the track conditions or or maybe how the turns are banked. I really couldn't tell you specifically unless we talked to him. But he is a much better rider yep. up at Aqueduct or even Belmont than he is uh, at Gulfstream. Well, him and Irad started in New York too. Right. You know, this is, their, I mean, that's their home. So, you know, they, they love it there. And as soon as Belmont and Saratoga kick off, that's going to be some fun. I can't wait for watch. Saratoga. It's going to be awesome. So we've been, we've been all over IRAD and Eric Cancel and you know, really everybody on this top 10 yeah. list. Yep. Does Mike Smith just not ride as much anymore? Very selective on his mounts. Yep. Uh, he's, he's at an age where I'd, he's not going to ride every day. You're not going to see him on, on eight or seven out of nine races or eight out of nine races anymore. Mike's, Mike's living the life where he gets to make his decisions on which mounts he wants to take. And he's still going to get top choices. People still look at him as a top writer, which is what he is. Bob Baffert. 
But mean, Baffert, yeah. Baffert leans on him quite a bit. Him. You know, and Johnny V, who's also not, you know, that far off in age. These guys are solid grade one winners and uh, he, they're going to get their opportunities. Oh, and man, Mike man. just gets to sit back and like take the ones he wants to take. So I'd, be, I'd love to be in the war room with these guys when, you know, owners and trainers are fighting over <laughs> who gets whatever jock that they want. Like, I'd love to hear the negotiations that go Me too. on. Yeah, like, that'd be fun for me. It's it's funny because I do believe there's an opportunity there for jockeys. Some jockeys get to choose where they want, and it's first choice. They'll get first choice on mounts on before anybody else. So they can pick and choose out of the trainers that they work with, and everybody knows Iron's yeah. a top jockey. Everybody yeah. knows the top jocks at, the, at certain tracks. They're going to get their opportunities. They get to pick and choose where they really want to go. And and they have to decide, do I want to get off a mount that on a horse that I know that how to run and high rate that I'm winning with? Or do I go with this other horse that I, you know, maybe is better that they worked out with, that they've ridden maybe once? They gotta make that decision. Yep. Of course. Nice. I also think it's pretty interesting too. Um over the weekend, Irad was talking about because he had a pretty decent day, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um six wins on yeah, six wins, not too bad. I thought I found it really interesting as just kind of like a fun fact. You know, these jockeys, they're not just going out there and riding like you think maybe they just you know they take them out and they go like Irad ortiz said that he goes in there and he handicaps the race himself before the race which is i find it kind of cool because you know we're all handicapping but he's sitting there and he's looking at a different perspective and he's like i'm figuring out where all the horses are going to be in where the race be. and where i need to be to yeah. win it and he's like i love winning so he's like it, they perfect their credits like kind it's, of a cool little it's pretty cool right yeah. like to be to be in that conversation like all right who's going to go to the front Who's going to set the pace? Yeah. What fractions do I need to run? Where do I got to be? Where do I got to, do I got to get exactly. the rail? Do I got to the outside? Like, it's cool when you when you get into the the meat and potatoes of it and how they set their strategy. When you're a top jack, you get to do that. Yep. When you're an upcoming jack, trainer tells you what to do. Yeah. Go to the front, yep. stay off the pace, get to the back, ease them, whatever it is. They're going to give you the directions here. Yeah. Um, but I love the fact that when you get to a certain point, you you pretty much like I like I read does handicap the race and know where he needs to be. I'm sure a lot of jockeys do it. Too. Absolutely. You know, I'm sure that's part of the part of the thing you know but i just think it's cool because they're looking at a different perspective you know they know all these sure. jockeys they're they're racing with them every day so you and i think we know a jockey but they really know the jockey so he's gonna say yeah. this motherfucker's gonna steal the race <laughs> i gotta get in front of them you know and so i think it's just kind of a neat little little fact you know that's it that is, that's interesting it's really yeah neat. i like it nice segment jesse nice job buddy <laughs> good job kid thank you thank you thank you well we've come to that time well here we go it's time. It's time. We're going to take a look at some races. We're going to start at Keeneland. Yeah. Race seven. What do you like here, Joe? All right. So uh, race seven, mile and eighth. It's the Ben Ali Stakes. It's a grade three uh, for four-year-olds and upward. This race, pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, I'm going to let the kid take first shot at this one, actually. I'm going to let him go ahead and, and pull his first winner out here. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's a winner. Um, I've, I've got a couple choices here, but I really landed on one horse in specific. Um, there's a lot of good choices out there. You're going to see that all all Saturday because it's Keeneland. It's, they're all graded races here that we're going to cover. So, again, there really isn't a bad choice. You can maybe check a few off that aren't going to win. doesn't mean they still can't hit for yep. the exotics. Um, but the one choice I landed on was uh, Night Ops. It's the three horse. He has Javier Castellano on him. So, Great jockey. I really love the speed ratings on him. You know, mm-hmm. the last couple of races, aside from maybe one, um, which was two starts ago, it was a 92, but he's sitting at the 95. He broke 100. Um, Castellano knows how to ride him. The trainer, which is, in this case, Brad Cox, who loves and is up and coming, he loves Kentucky racing. Pretty solid there as well. 
Uh, it's a classy horse. I, I kind of landed on him as my top pick for this race. Um, it's going to be a tough beat, but who'd you have? The three is in good form. I, I will give you that. And I, I do really like that last work he had April 3rd, the five furlongs in a minute and one, uh, five out of 36. Really solid work. And Castellano's back on him. He's had him, he's had him twice in his last four mounts. So I, I do like the three, but I was really, I have to lean to the one, Bolo Minari. He's in such good form right now. He could be the lone speed. You got Saez on him. Again, we talked about a little information that the kid gave, how good uh, Louis Saez is running right now. Moves up in class is the only thing here is he's going for his first like graded stakes race. But what he's shown already in the races that he's run, three races this year already, and two seconds and a first, and he's right there. He is adding some distance, which I do like for him because he's going to be coming off probably off a stocking third, fourth position. So if we're going a mile and an eighth, we're adding another eighth of a mile. I just think that Luis is going to, he's rode him once before. Luis is going to have him in the right spot and be able to just run him down. And that track, just, you know, Wednesday, today, uh, it's been off the pace. There's been, you have to have truly, truly, truly fast blazing speed to be able to wire any field here at uh, at Keeneland right now. So I will say that off the pace, stalking trips are what's winning that last eighth of a mile. you got to have a kick coming home. So I like the one. Yeah, I've got uh, nothing to add. It's, <laughs> it's it's a five horse five horse field. It's it's the three. The only thing that's going to give it a shake is the one. Yeah, and throw everything else out. Yeah, it's tough. I'm, I mean, not, I'm not betting this race. There's not there's nothing for me to do. Right, it's small field, small field. So it's probably going to be a lot of value there. Yep. But if you could find value, give me an argument, Justin. Who's your value pick in this race? I landed so I did. I had the one in there as a question mark for me. I think uh, the things that you said are pretty much on pat with what I was thinking as well. Uh, but Tyler Gaffleone on the two, which is uh, Treasure Trove. I think this horse can give him a run for its money. You know, it, Tyler is a great jockey. He's on that top ten list. He knows how to ride. Um, you may have not seen him on the leaderboard, you know, in, in Keeneland yet, but he will be there. But I mean, if you take a look at the last start here, he ran in the $150,000 race and he had a 105 speed rating with Florent Giroux on him. Mm-hmm. Great jockey. He didn't win, which is actually surprising. So that just tells me that the horse before must have ran an unbelievable race. Right. Uh, but he, he's classy. He's got good speed ratings. He's actually shortening up in distance, which I like a little bit. He's out of Tapazar, which is out of Tappet. I like the breeding there. Michael Maker, he's a great trainer. So I think there's a lot of different aspects that he's got that maybe he could be the price in this one. I don't even know how much of a price you're going to get, but you're going to get a price. On, you're going to get a good price on him probably. I will say this: I think this is a perfect course for Tyler because he likes to come off the pace, and this is going to fit more into his wheelhouse. I don't like the two at all. Uh, I don't. I don't like what Maker's really done with this horse since he's gotten him in the last four races. He's basically taken him out of these 40,000 non-winners at two races and put them in these stakes races. And every time he moves them up, he's just, he's not showing anything. He came in third in one, uh, one recent race, but anytime it's a stakes race, the horse just doesn't show up. So I don't think it's even distance. He's trying to a mile and a half. He's trying to a mile. He's trying him on the turf. He's trying him on the dirt. I don't think he knows where to go with this horse. And I, I'm not expecting a lot yeah. from that horse. There's nothing here that, that really shows me anything that he's going to improve. Right. If I had to pick anybody, I would have to drop off to, uh, Thomas Drury's horse, which is the four. There's my sneaker. That's my possible long shot you're going to get. And what I do like about this horse is, again, I talked about track conditions. This horse coming off the pace. Brian Hernandez gets a second mount with him. That last run he had uh, for the 40,000 non-winners at two was a fantastic race. Ran into a good, fast pace. Came in third by a, a length of three quarters. Ran the mile on the 16th. Drury's being really, really smart with this horse. He, cl- he got him back from Wilmot, was claiming him. He got one race with him. 
Mott had him back in August. Drury picks up, picks up the horse, doesn't do anything with him. He sets him basically for six months. He's basically just working him out and conditioning the horse, trying to get this horse to be back to being a horse again, and that's exactly what he did. He put him in that race on March 18th, which he needed that race, came in third. I think this is your sleeper. I think Sprawl, the number four, that could be your money horse with the one and the three. Yeah, that, that sounds good to me. Nice. Moving on. Number eight, Keelan. Eighth race. Uh, that's the Giants Causeway. That's a five and a half furlong on the turf. Uh, this is a $100,000 stakes race, non-graded. Uh, I'm going to give you my first choice, and then I'll go throw it over to you, kid, and let you tell me who you like. I really like the one. I think he fits really well. He's going to get a stalking trip in this race uh, right at the rail. Pocket, save some ground. You get IRAD on him for the first time. That only adds some value. Horse has been running in stakes race, 75K for the last three. The grade one, I'll, I'll give him a shot that in, in the in the grade one race that he ran back in November at the Breeders' Cup, got he did get the lead. He, he gained the lead for a brief period of time and then fell back to glass slippers. And, and I understand where he kind of finished off in that race through the fractions that were run. But the last three races he's had, two this year in January and February, two solid races, should be sitting a stocking trip. And I ran on the, on the reins for Brendan Walsh. That's my topic. Yeah, I like the one as well. I also like uh, the breeding on that horse too, which I'm sure you probably liked a little bit as well. Um, out of into mischief, so yeah, it was solid. Been doing solid. Yeah, I mean, crazy numbers. But uh, the horse I landed on here in this race was the three, which is LZ. I don't know how this horse loses. I I just don't see the race playing out any other way than him winning. Um, you know, Mitchell Merle's been on this horse for the last four time four mounts, and he's coming first, second, first, and first. Uh, speed ratings are all there. Granted, I think the class isn't really anything to write home about. I think he's maybe a little bit, I don't even want to say cheaper horse because this horse is pretty good in my opinion, but, uh, you know, I just don't see him, you know, having the class that maybe Intimistic has, but um, LZ is the, the horse that I landed on for this race. I think Mitchell Merrill is going to give him the same ride that he's given him the last four times and put him in the right position. I, I couldn't agree more than, than that, but... Uh... The threes beat the one before. They've gone back and forth, so it's kind of hard to to get off either one. If you like the one, you got to like the three. Stats, what do you, what do you got? Weird. It's uh, it's like we're all looking <laughs> at the same stuff today. We all I, share the I, same brain today. You know, I I threw a little I threw a little twist in here. Um, I'm looking at a ten one three. Um, the the interesting thing about the three for me, it's going turf dirt, turf dirt, turf dirt. It's coming off dirt, <clears throat> coming back in. The ten I think is interesting. I like Saez on it. I like that <clears throat> it just ran in a, a grade three race, came, got to the front, fell apart at the end, right, on a, on a mile. So we're shortening back down. Um, I think there's some juice in this 10 that you're going to be able to get a price on. I, I like that angle. I think that last race was more like a glorified work for him because <laughs> they threw him in this grade three, the Honey Fox. Just gets out there, just tries to steal the race and run. Ran some really good fraction, fractions, 24-1, a little slower, uh, 48-3, and three, and then one twelve coming home, and then just lost by a half just, length. Yeah. So, I mean, there's nothing really I don't that I don't like about it. I do like Saez's back on him, because mm-hmm. that was with Kendra Carmouche on him yep. when they ran him at Gulfstream Park for the Honey Fox. And now you're going to get Saez that obviously won with him a couple starts back. So I, I think that's a good angle. Yeah, just a cosign on that 10. I had him as a question mark for me, because <laughs> Luis Saez is... Great jockey. I mean, I'm, I'm all I'm all for him, and I, I liked a lot of things that I saw on the form. Uh, you know, he's dropping in class, and then there's a nice stat here that said 22% trainer rate to speed. So this trainer likes to sprint. So I think there's something to that. Yeah. So I think you've got something there with the 10. 
Um, he's got the best turf speed or his best turf speed is faster than the average turf, turf speed, which is kind of a good stat too, because if Luis Saez gives him the trip that he needs, which he can, and which he has for multiple horses, he could be the one to just steal this race as well. So I agree. I, I mean, that is solid. What I'm hoping for is everyone, everyone goes right to the one, right to the three. Mm-hmm. And I can sneak in some cash on the 10. Yeah, you'll get value. Sneaky, I'd like to throw some money at the 5 based on what we just saw on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> but I just can't. I just I, I just can't do it. All right, let's go to the ninth. I'll give you one last angle on that race. Yeah, okay. Don't sleep on the 8. Came in third against Intimistic and LZ. Just don't sleep on the horse coming off the pace. Does that change of control? That's change of control. Okay. Yeah. And Hernandez, Colby Hernandez is back on him. Didn't run him too, too back when uh, Sophie Doyle got the mount. But Hernandez... The, the three starts he's got this year, again, off the pace. I think that's a key angle. He's back on, can run with these. He just needs to, to be a little closer maybe or make his move a little sooner. And maybe, you know, maybe that's just the green pee in me here, but whenever I see a, a turf race for a horse that just went turf, dirt, and coming back to the turf, just something, something messes with me about that. Well, I think that last race, that that's that's I wouldn't really look too much in the fairgrounds last race. If that's what you're looking at from from the angle, yeah. Some of these horses don't give a shit what surface they run on, and if the breeding can call for either way, I think you're comfortable with it. There are some horses that are strictly turf bred, and they're only dirt bred. His mother was a mother. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the turf races he's ran, I mean, look at his stats for the eight. It's it's not bad. It's four four. Let's see, yeah, fifteen races on the turf, four wins, three seconds, three thirds. And if you want to go on a fast dirt track, it's six times out, two seconds and a third. So. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. That, that's just what gets my gears turning, right? It's yeah. like okay, if this, if they love this horse on turf, why do you switch him off of turf and go, right. and go to dirt? And then and, and then they take second in dirt. Why are you going back to turf? Those are the ones like I like. If we get somebody on the show, like that's a question I would love to ask somebody. Like, yeah, what when you make decisions when you're switching tr- switching services? Why do you do it? Yeah, is it just a workout? Is it not a workout? Is sometimes you're stuck. Or? Sometimes you're stuck just trying to get the distance you want for your horse that can actually enter a race that it's going to be on grass and they don't meet the conditions you're looking for for distance on dirt. So. If that's the case, you're like, well, we'll throw them on the dirt. We'll give it a shot. We'll throw them on the turf. We'll give it a shot. Sometimes you only put them on a, a turf. Hope, hopefully, it's going to rain and they, they run on dirt. Yeah. Then you got the better option because it's conditioned for turf, but weather conditions change it. So that's a great question to ask. Yeah, but, nice. you know. yeah and I think, too, sometimes in your mind, Joe Beast, too, and I think we're kind of thinking the same as sometimes maybe these trainers are trying to find the horse's identity, too, in some races. So you Early. Know, sure. Early. Like, yeah. you know, if they haven't won a race and they're coming in second and thirds, and they're like, well, maybe if we ch- change surfaces, maybe that horse will win. Yeah, remember, this is That's, for three-year-olds. This right. race is conditioned for three-year-olds, so yep. I think I think we're kind of yeah. nailing it. It's still fine what the horse likes. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Let's go to the ninth. All right, ninth race. That's a uh, mile and the 16th. It's the Lexington Grade 3. This is Stone Street, Lexington. That's what we're waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll, kid, you want to start off this one? Yeah, this one's tough, man. It's a tough, I mean, it's great at stakes race. So, I mean, you can't really, you know, they're all going to be tough, but I landed on a couple of horses as always, but the one I really like here, I, I think the seven is really going to be my, my top pick just because it's Johnny V. It's a graded stakes race. The horses he's running in, in graded stakes races. He's got the class. He's coming in second. He's coming in fourth in his last race, but he had a first before that. Decent speed ratings out of Tappet. So the seven proxy, I think, might be – it's tough, but I think that might be my top pick. I'd like to put a stamp on this recording and just say, in a year, I think proxy is going to be a great horse because the Tappets, like I said before, always develop better at four and five. They're like late bloomers. Mm-hmm. Proxy, I don't think, is in that realm of being a great – 
horse at this time. I think it's a good horse. I think if they condition him and, and keep doing the things they're doing with him, he's going to be a great horse maybe in his four-year-old campaign. He's sitting with 34 points for the Derby right now, and I'm switching gears, and I'm going with the horse that's got 20 points in the Derby, and that's Hockey Dad number six. This is my main guy uh, that's coming off really impressive uh, Jeff Ruby stakes. And I love the race that he ran. Not a big fan of Turfway Park, but he ran a great race with Bayerano. Mario Gutierrez gets the mount back again. He has done nothing but win with this horse. I hate Turfway. Yeah, well, <laughs> hate it hate it or not, it was a grade three race. And he did come in third, yep. just a length off. And like the King, which I really liked that race, and I liked how he ran that race, I thought it was a sensational race. So to be third in that race, a length off the lead was impressive. And now you're getting Mario Gutierrez back on him. Doug O'Neill has his horse primed and ready to go. Distance isn't going to be a problem. I know this is the Joe. This is the Joey Stats angle. He's coming off turf and he's going to dirt. The horse can fucking run phenomenal on dirt. Look three back on February twentieth. Outran everybody. He is a sensational horse. This is going to get him in the Derby. The twenty points that he already has plus what the win here is going to get him in. I, I'm definitely going six on top in this race. So there's two things I'm going to say here. Number one. <laughs> We got ourselves a side bet. I knew it was coming. Ah, we got a side bet. Um, the next piece, I've, I've got a couple comments. So the seven. So in, what I have noted here is I think all the early money is going to the seven based purely on class bet. Mm-hmm. Sure. And uh, that's it. I think uh, obviously it's, it's running in grade two. It's dropped to grade three. Now the blinkers are on. And then if I look at the six, it's not a Nyquist. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Out of Uncle Mo. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm going off the sheet a little bit here. Um, I like the two. Okay. I'm going with the two. This, this is a definite side bet. This yeah, is side this bet. Is this, all day. this is going to be wearing some jockey outfit on the golf course. Kind it of could bet. be. I it could this, be. I think this is the one. It might be. It might have so I, I like the two. I like that it's the speed. So the challenge to it is it hasn't run the distance before, but I don't think Irad is mounting this horse if he doesn't think he can go the distance. I'm with you on that, too. There's no doubt. There's yeah. no doubt he's speed. Listen, the two, the three, and the four, they're all the same yeah. horse. Yeah. The they're, four, they're the all four, the could, same, be, four all could be real sneaky to get a good price yeah. on that. <laughs> yeah. If you had to ask me out of the three, the two, the th- uh, the two, the three, or the four, or the one, the two, and the three, I think that yeah, one, the two, and the three, one of the three just broke their maiden, two broke his maiden, then ran allowance race. All of them want to go to the front. That's the only way they know how to win their races. The three had a bullet workout on April fifth. I still think the two is the fastest of the of yeah. the three horses. There, it yeah. is definitely going to the lead. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see if he has enough horse, but that, that's where I'm going to go with the two. I think the four could be super sneaky. Um, I know the class that he, that he just ran wasn't great, yeah. but right right to the front. If they, he can get to the front, he may have enough. I think it's, I think he's going to be challenged. I think you're going to see the one, two, and three all battling for the, yeah. for, for the front spot, and that is going to wear down the two. I don't like a horse that goes, if I'm looking at the six here, six furlongs and now doing a two-turn mile mm-hmm. in the 16th. I'm just uncomfortable with it. doesn't mean the horse can't win. Correct. I, just, I would lean towards speed, Going two turns for the first time. Yep. Not a big fan. Just I, not a big fan. I like the one. I or the two, excuse me. I mean, I think Irad, like you said, is not taking a mount just to take fast. A mount. That's what that's what kicked me over the top. Like, yeah. okay, you know, I, you know, the two, okay, I see some stuff. Oh, Irad's right. Riding, riding He's riding them. Yeah. You, okay. All I mean, right. yeah, he doesn't run the distance. It's six furlongs has been his two last races, but Steve Asmussen is not a slouch either. I mean, he's he's red hot right now. I mean, if you take a look at what he's winning, I mean, 
you can't go wrong with that bet either. What are we doing with the side bet? <laughs> I mean, if you're taking the two and not taking the six, he's taking the seven. I don't care what you put on there. I'm feeling really confident with this thing. <laughs> that makes me feel even better. You I'm really confident you can about put it. whatever bet you want out there for the side right now. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Does anybody have we'll any tweet Malort? it out. We'll tweet it out Saturday morning. We'll send a tweet out Saturday. Take two shots of Malort. Uh, Ooh, back to back too. Done that before. Oh. And you have to back drink it with your back. mouth. No butt chugging. <laughs> <That's cheating. laughs> oh, you no, no fair. Yeah. No fair. All right, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a fun one. Let's go, um, let's go to the 10th. We'll, we'll have to definitely post whatever that side bet is. Yeah. We'll get it out um, Saturday. I can't wait for you to look silly. Oh, there's no one. <laughs> yeah, Mario so, Gutierrez I'm so walked out of the game. Fucking bet. It's ridiculous. Hockey dad, out of the race. Shut up. He's, he's doing that dance. <laughs> he's still in the gate. The only way he doesn't win is if he's scratched. All right, 10th race. <laughs> Mile to 16th on the on the turf. This is the uh, Jenny Wiley grade one Coolmore. So I'm telling you right now, it's nice to have a grade one following up that last race because you may be able to do some, some double action here. Mm-hmm. We've talked about some horses we all like. This may be a good race to go ahead and throw your double in. Uh, I will let, uh, I'll let the kid come back here and, and throw his angle first. Yeah. This race is wide open for me. I think there's a lot of good horses in here. There's a lot of angles that you can play. Uh, I landed on again, two horses that I think I, I could shocking. Yeah. I'm always so indecisive <laughs> here. Uh, but the first horse I would say that can't, I really can't you like, be Andy Sterling and just convict to one horse. <laughs> this <Yeah>. horse sucks. <laughs> Every horse sucks except for my pick. Everyone right. betting on him is an idiot. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's so tough because all these, I, I, I like the jockey angle in a lot of racing. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's something to be said when a jockey is racing in California and then he comes over to Kentucky to rate, you know, a horse that he's ridden before. Sure. So I guess the horse that I'm going to really lean on this race and one of two is going to be the five which is maximum rate. Mm-hmm. Umberto Rispoli is coming over from Santa Anita. He just won a huge raise in the Santa Anita Derby. That I think he's riding high right now, but he's ridden this horse multiple times, four of the last five times. It's got a good speed rating. It's classy. Uh, you know, the horse is out of exchange rate. I think there's a lot of different things that you can really throw in and say, this might be the one that takes it. You know, all the boxes are kind of getting checked as I talk about it. Yeah. I'm a big Simon Callahan fan. I think he's going to have himself a Kentucky Derby, not only competitor, but possibly a winner. I think he's a great trainer, and uh, that's exactly that's that's a good angle. Only thing I don't like about the five is the fact that, which isn't a big deal. He hasn't run this year. No big deal. He ran the Goldicova and won it easy with Rispoli and then ran the grade one back in November 29th and kind of wasn't a factor in that race, and then they gave him some time off, which you know I'm all for. He's a great jockey, great trainer. I do like the angle. I'm just not big on the horse at this time. I think there's better horses and better selections in here. I would say that my top horse would be the number one. Uh, it's going to be hard to get off Michelin because of the fact that he's had one time out at the Hillsborough grade two, and he won that pretty easy with Saez. So you had Saez, you got Michael Stidham. You got a horse that's already won a grade two this year, considerable graded stakes prior to this in, in 2020. I think you may need the more distance, the mile, the, the extra 16th here more. Um, he went from a mile and eighth. He's run a mile and sixteenth. He's just gonna have to move a little sooner. He's gonna make that late close again. This falls into the track conditions that have been for the last two days at Keeneland. So that's why I really like off the pace. And you're not gonna get a better horse or a better jockey coming off the pace today than the one in Michelin. Stats where you at? Uh, I want to go with the two again. We're gonna take uh, Irad again. <laughs> go a little, stre- little stretch out a little bit. Um, I see this whole horse being able to close a little bit better. Lasix. They're off the Lasix for this race. Um. 
obviously it's not going to go to the front, but this is a closer, and I think there's going to be a little bit of runway towards the end of this little ditty here. Yeah, I like that. I like the last four works for him, too. He hasn't mm-hmm. raced this year, but those last four works going back all the way to March 14th. Five furlongs and one with uh, one and three, five furlongs and one and three, five furlongs and one and four, yep. four furlongs and 49 and one. Horse is ready to go. He's going to be coming off the pace as well. It's a good selection. Mm, you know what? And say what you will, running on turf all the time. Mm, none interesting. Of that, none of that uh, Oakland <laughs> Raiders football dirt. nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. None of that Santa Anita down the hill on the, the dirt, back on turf. Go, go to the turf and go to the dirt. That's good. <laughs> I, uh, I had one more in this race, too, that I, I was kind of teetering on, and that's uh, the three Juliet Foxtrot. Mm-hmm. I think this horse Shipper? is a, it's the classiest horse in the race, I think. It's been all over. Uh, yeah, I mean, it. it's just... Uh, Churchill, Pimlico, Delmont. Yeah. <laughs> if it's a grade one, two, or three, he's there. You know, I mean, I think Tyler's going to give this horse a ride that it that it needs to. You know, like I said, Tyler's he's a top 10 jockey, as you guys heard before. He's going to rate this horse... So, the way he needs to, and it's a Brad Cox horse, right? Mm. Kentucky Brad Cox. I mean, mm. he's having a great meet. He always shows out in Kentucky. Preach. <laughs> it's going to be tough to beat this horse too. I yeah. think uh, if you've seen this horse at the top, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Lots of graded races. Yeah, lots of graded races. And I'll, I'll give you one more thing here. It's holy. Listen, the one thing I will give about this horse here, same thing, running some grade two, grade one races here. He hasn't run this year. Three good workouts here from March 20th, March 27th, and March 4th. Don't sleep on the four. It's the other Chad Brown horse. He's got two of them in this race. Got the two and the four. This may be the one you get a price on. Put him in your exotics. I think it'll be worth a little bit of money. All right, let's go to uh, Oaklawn. We're going to switch gears here, get off Keeneland. We're going to go to Oaklawn. 11th race, we're going to talk about the Count Fleet Sprint. It's a grade three, six furlongs on the dirt. Uh, stats, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. Man, <laughs> you know, you, you look at this, and it, it's just so hard to get away from the six dancing with the two all the way through it. Um, I will say though, the five is five's got a little something. Five's a little interesting. We may get a price in the five. That, that may be a sneaky pick. The five. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think there's a nice angle with the five that you can get some value here. You've got, First off, this horse loves Keeneland. Okay. I mean, he's already, the last two starts he's had, which was the Phoenix grade two and the Breeders' Cup uh, sprint grade one, which was last November, which he ran against Whitmore and CZ Rocket. Right. He led that race. He led that race. And I don't think that you're going to see those fast fractions in this race as much as you did in the Breeders' Cup. You're not going to see 21 and three. And I don't think you'll see, you may see 44 and change. But I think if he can slow it down, if he can get a little slower quarter, he could be hanging out there long enough to make a difference in maybe second, definitely third, but maybe second, even win it if he can get some slow fractions up front. So I couldn't agree more with you on the five. Yeah, I'm all over uh, CZ Rocket on the six and Whitmore on the two. Uh, it's going to be tough. Those two are decorated horses. I mean, no matter what way you swing it, yep. you know, um, I... So those two are my top two picks for what you guys laid out. They're the classiest horses. They're probably going to be the the one and the two. But if I had to take a, a really kind of a, a flyer on a horse, I think I'm going with that four uh, strike power. Just because simply Joel Rosario, Steve Asmussen, I like the speed rating in the last hor- or last race at Oakland Park. Um, Ricardo Santana was on him. That deadly connection with Ricardo Santana, Steve Asmussen, I think played a pretty good part in that win in the last start but i mean if i have to take a flyer anywhere i'm going to trust joel just based off the weekend he had last weekend too 
Yeah, I think I think we're all over the one. The we're all over Whitmore. We're all over CZ Rocket. Yeah. It sounds two like a two six. horse race. I think the five could be interesting with uh, the angles that we've talked about. And I, I'm not against your four either. I agree. For getting an opportunity there as well. Uh, pretty straightforward that race. Though. I like it. Let's go to the twelve. Let's go to the Granddaddy. It's the Arkansas Derby. Ooh, yeah. ooh. This is the one we were waiting for. It's going to be the last prep race here for the year for the Kentucky Derby. <sighs> a mile and an eighth Arkansas Derby. It's a Grade One race. Uh, for three-year-olds, uh, I'm going to switch gears. I'm going to throw it over to the kid and get his first angle. Yeah, uh, man, it's really uh, starting to set in, too, that we're they're that close to the Derby. I can't. Yeah. I'm so excited. But <laughs> um, Concert Tour, the five, is going to be very tough to beat. Agreed. Uh, you know, Joel Rosario, I, I took kind of a flyer on him in the last race, if he does uh, upset the field, but... This is a race. I think he almost has it in the bag. You know, concert tour. He's he's great. He, Rebel stakes. He ran in graded to, uh, grade two stakes. He, he can ride in this race, I think, and I think he's going to do some damage. Speed ratings there. Joel rhythm rode him the last three races. Came in first all three races. It's going to be tough. I mean, undefeated, Bob Baffert. I can just see his white hair and his big shades. <laughs> you know, already. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just. To me, it's pretty straightforward. It's the five. Um, you know, behind that, I think the three is a P if we're playing spades, right? <laughs> I got the five with the three is a P. I think, that, you know, if they went neck, you know, they went head to head down to the wire. Um, and when was that? A month ago at the Rebel? March yeah, the 13th. Rebel. Yeah, March 13th. You know, so I, I see the five on top. I see the three three giving it a shake. The, uh, the two Cattle River, listen, sitting here with 10 points, if we're, if we're talking about points, this race is trying to get in the Derby, right? Kettle River's got 10 points. Hozier's got 20 points. Concert Tour's got 50 points. Concert Tour looks like much the best. Undefeated Baffert, we talked about that. Probably going to win the race. I, I don't know if anybody can actually beat this horse, but Hozier's got the best opportunity, if he had to ask me, coming off the pace. Again, I, I think that's just the angle here that I'm I'm trying to, to go after. I think Concert Tour's going to have his way at the front. Nobody else is really going to test him. And Joel is just one of the best jockeys out there. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree. I mean, right, looking at it right away, I throw the six right away. I think the six is outclassed. It's outdistanced. Yep. You know, six is the first the horse first horse I'm tossing. And then, you know, number four, get her number. You know, that's another one of those little mnemonic things for me. I immediately imagine <laughs> the uh, call me maybe. Who was that? Is that Carly? Carly Jepsen? Uh, well, that's where my head goes. Right going, like, oh, call down. me maybe. Like, oh, what is this, 2012? <laughs> We're in Florida. But, you know, the four, again, good showing in September. A couple of strong workouts, but it's never run the distance. It's a new jock. I'm throwing the four out, too. I, I didn't like the, the race he hit at the Rebel. Just was never in it. Uh, just never really got into the race. And I, I don't know if it was the track condition or what specifically, or if he didn't like Oakland. I I really couldn't tell you. And they get a new jockey here with Francisco Arietta, but the, yeah, the guy is hitting at 18%, uh, 33 wins and 187 mounts. Uh, and then, you know, taking into consideration, but. And then just got buried by the field with Concert Tour <laughs> and Hoser in it. But scratch that yeah. race, but scratch that race out. If, if you can, if you can throw that race out and you go back to September last year as a two year old and you say, okay, he won that uh, American Pharaoh grade one by three quarters of a length and he beat. Uh, Rombar, so yeah, I mean that, that does say something for you. You, you got to look who he's got him too, though. You know, Santa Anita, Flavian Pratt rode him, best jockey of Santa Anita. He gave him the best race, and then that's true. Not to take anything away from Francisco or no, but I mean, 
you know, you got you got the best guy at him at Santa, you know, Santa Anita. So turf but, dirt, get him out. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know what the hell he wants to do. The horse beat Spielberg. I'd say there was something to look forward to in his three-year-old campaign, but uh, Spielberg has not turned out to be right. the horse they wanted him to be as a three-year-old either. So it doesn't hold as much weight anymore. So. Yeah, and I think I mean if I if I was feeling really ballsy, and if I am, I probably will be. I'll probably be chasing. I was gonna say, you're probably <laughs> at this point. You're probably gonna be chasing your loss. Wait, so. super high five, Michael. <laughs> I, I wish I could. I, I'm not bad ballsy, but um, I think concert tour is gonna be the winner. But I think if I just get really nuts with it, maybe I'll do just a straight exacta with Hozier in second. You know, I think that might be for a thousand. <laughs> just like something stupid, like forty dollar exacta straight, something dumb, but. Is an honorable mention too. I think maybe that one might might yeah. play a little bit of a factor. It's a reach. It's, I don't it's a see reach, that, but dude. what do you see you know? in that in the one? So he sees Asmussen and he sees yeah, Santana. Yep. That's what he sees. I see a deadly right. connection. I see that you know Santana Ricardo Santana has only been riding at Oakland for the last couple of weeks, so he knows the track. You know he's going to be ready for the race. I think he can rate the horse the way he needs to, but it's got a high trainer percentage, which I like. The jockey combination, I like, you know, I think if we're looking at the horse as a whole, you know, he's got some pretty decorated races too under his belt. He didn't win them, yeah. but who knows what happens? You know, we've seen it a thousand times where a 74 to one shot maybe comes from behind and wins a fucking race and then we all lose. So yeah. I mean, know. yeah, it's not going to be concert. No, right. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's you a never great, know. not going to be concert. I didn't think that, you know, greatest honor was going to come in third in that race, but he, look what happened. You he know? lost ground to him in the rebel. They, I, he's also so, out of the rebel and he came in fourth. Yeah, I agree. I mean, for me, I threw the six out. I mean, I, I didn't, or excuse me, the one I threw mm-hmm. out. It didn't really show against against being the same class. Didn't really show up. Right. I don't see enough speed there to keep up and keep close. Um, so if I was going to do a side bet with you, I'd take the two <laughs> finishing ahead of the one. Oh, I like that. So Ferrante and Brad Cox. Yeah. But then a Ricardo Santana Asmussen combination. I say I say a Malort shot that the two finishes above the one. The two finishes mm-hmm. above the one. That's actually a pretty good bet, actually. Cause, cause you know what's going to be fucked, though, is if I come in last in the other one, and then we do my Lord shots for that, we'll be fucking dead <laughs> hey, by the podcast. Hey, you, got, you got to take your poison, man. <laughs> no, I will, I'll have alcohol poisoning after that. And no, no butt chugs. I, I, no butt chugs. Yeah, no butt chugs. <laughs> right. I, I don't like a side bet in a six-horse field. I, I really don't. Actually, I, think, I don't like it more. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm not up for a side bet on this race at all. I think it's strictly concert tour and whole year. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, then probably the one, yeah. Cattle River, probably maybe fire. I just don't see anything. I don't see a lot of value from a wagering standpoint in I this race, either. but I do like the fact that you could play an exacta, or I'm sorry, a double in, in the two races for the race yeah. we talked about previously. Yeah, I, I think that's where you're going to find some yeah. value if you're going to try to tag concert tour. Or who knows, double. play an exacta with you know concert tour on top with everybody. One with all. Maybe somebody gets a... Somebody gets a little bit of a payday. One with all, and Last Samurai goes goes bananas because <laughs> yeah. they put somebody bet five hundred bucks on them, and they're now at one hundred and fifty to one. That'd be, that'd be. <laughs> par mutual is so much fun. You know what else is fun? I love doing this podcast with you guys, and we're having a good time. We're getting a Twitter, and you know what's pretty crazy is how many different people are coming out of the woodwork to find us on Twitter. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, and I I, I think we have to take a second, and you know we won't be doing this every single time, but. I think right now, because we are so new and we're coming, you know, from the woodwork really and, and really starting this up, the support that we're getting from everybody, yeah, not just the people I'm going to list off here, but just from everybody in general is, is fucking awesome. You know, it's we appreciate all of it. Yeah. I got excited. I'm really excited about everything that's going on in the social media side. Yeah. It's been really, really 
It's top notch. It's just three scumbags talking about horse racing. <laughs> yeah, you know? doing what we like to do shoot <laughs> shit. degenerates hanging out, drinking, and talking about tickets. I love it. You know, um, but there's a couple people here that I think are pretty notable that I wanted to let everybody else know because, you know, just to get their support is huge. You know, so um, I'm just going to read off the list here. Uh, my guy Eric Cancel came out of the woodwork, followed me. We've been in contact. Coolest guy ever. I love that we have this interaction. Um, pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. It pretty He's much solid. made my week when I found out that he he followed us right after the podcast. So, so appreciative from, I mean, we're talking about the leading rider at, right. yeah, I mean, at, the, at the winter meet. Yeah. I mean, he won the at, winter meet. He, yeah. <laughs> how about how about liking tweets in between mounts? Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, that's <laughs> how nuts was that? <laughs> pretty amazing. <laughs> I, I can't stress it enough. I love it. I love the interaction that we're getting. Um, he's, he's super cool dude and he rides hard. I mean, that's, that's my guy and I'll, I'll ride with him to the, to the end. So, uh, but Tom Amos, pretty notable, uh, follower M3 media racing. So that's a jockey agency. They're following us, which is huge. Giovanni Franco, huge. He's following us. Rocco Bowen, huge. Kevin Mayox, another very, very well-respected jockey agent. Uh, Kyle Frey, great rider. Tyler Connor, also a great rider coming up. And then my boy, Sergeant Spread, giving us the plug. But thank you to everybody. You know, we're, we're doing what we can, and we, we really love you guys all. And this is what it's all about, you know, just doing what we love and hopefully giving you guys some entertainment too. Yeah, a couple more shouts of shout-outs here for you. I got uh, Crystal Conning at Belterra Park. Really nice. appreciate the follow-backs. Edwin Gonzalez, uh, thanks for the retweets out there. And Jessica Pfeiffer out in Santa Anita, yep. one of the top female jockeys uh, doing her thing out there in between Killing races, it. following back. Had her on a few races, keyed yeah. it up there early and put out the post out there about how much I liked her on the mounts, and she did a fantastic job. Hit some big wins over yeah, the weekend. She had some so. pretty big mounts. Yeah. That was she's awesome. she's going to be fantastic. She's in, her, uh, she's in her apprentice year right now and then going to Journeyman. She's been killing it. Yeah, absolutely. And and this is turning into even more side bets. So I I want to I want to thank uh, uh, Todd Pletcher for allowing me to post on his Twitter feed. Obviously, he hasn't liked him or responded to him, yet, but I want to thank him for being out there in the Twitter world. And you know, just so everyone knows, yeah, we are having a race to see who we can get our favorite people to tweet. Yep, to like pretty our tweets, well. follow us. So I'm pretty much saying if Todd Pletcher, you know follows me i win yeah i'd, I'd, say, I'd, you, I'd, I'd say you win <laughs> yeah i, I think the competition's over that's like a half bottle of malort <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. and hey uh we got merch coming out too you know keep an eye out for that i mean we've got some pretty cool stuff coming out too so. yeah hats shirts mugs uh tumblers all kinds of stuff coming out right now from the for the podcast so excited about that too starting to get some images out there just follow the twitter handles you'll see all the the pics this weekend you'll see all the new images and the new uh Stuff we got coming out from Merch. Shit's legit. It yeah. is legit. It is legit. We got our last our last derby prep races, man. Yeah. What this are we going to do over the next three weeks when we don't have derby preps? I tell you, but we're Sit recording. There. So I'll have to tell you. <laughs> Sit there and think about the derby for three weeks. <laughs> I, I really want to make sure we got a side bet coming up. I think the derby bet, side bet, will have to be the whole uh, wear the jockey outfit on the golf course. Fucking we're jacked for the derby. Oh, we got to awesome. call I gotta down. Break we got to break something. We got so to feed the beast. We'll be back. Like buggies and greyhounds and stuff over the next couple of weeks. Shot in, baby. <laughs> Shot in. <laughs> nice job again. Thanks for listening again this week. Third episode of Who Do You Like Here. We've got big stuff coming up again on Saturday. Follow us on Twitter. Look for our live picks all weekend long. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Instagram. I'm Joey Stats. We got Joey C-Note. We got the kid. We're out of here. Don't, don't forget. When in doubt. <laughs> 
box it out and make it picks and cash and ticks, baby. And you know what? <laughs> if you're getting hammered on the track like the kid was the other day, what's what do we gotta do with that? Oh yeah, what was what was the line? What do we gotta do with it? Change tracks, get your money back. Win and Dell switch it out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you. See ya. Peace.